Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. And it is great to have your company on Mornings with Adam Peacock. And uh, we've got some breaking news. Just before we get to uh, Christy Doran, um, we have the squad for the India Test Tour has just dropped for the Australian team that will uh, travel to India. And uh, Todd Murphy has got a start in the squad. Ashton Agar, Mitch Swepson and Nathan Lyon are all in the squad. Uh yeah, and Peter Hanscom has made the uh, the touring squad as well. So this is for the tour. Uh, the first test, February 9, against India, kickstarts a huge 2023 for the Australian uh, test cricket team because they've got the Ashes uh, tour as well to come up. So India away, England away, win both of those series. And we're now talking this Australian test team are... Uh, not only number one in the world, but one of the better test teams or squads that we've had in recent memory. So the the full squad for the Tour of India, Pat Cummins, Ashton Agar, Scott Boland, Alex Carey, Cam Green is there despite the finger issue. Of course, he was going to be uh, probably the, the, the number one pick for the number six position, the all-rounder. Peter Hanscom is back. Josh Hazelwood, Travis Head, Usman Khawaja, Manas Labashane, Nathan Lyon, Lance Morris, uh, Todd Murphy, Matty Renshaw, Steve Smith, Vice-Captain Mitch Stark, Mitch Swepson, David Warner. So, yeah, just incredible. Murphy um, played just the one first-class match prior to 2022 is in after some great performances over the last 12 months, and he's viewed as a bit of a long-term successor when it comes to Nathan Lyon as well. He's got the lowest average of any spin bowler on cricket.com.au. This is mentioned um, in the Shield with 14 wickets this season, at an average of just under 18 as well. So no Adam Zampa, but Mitch Swepson is in, and so too is Ashton Agar and Todd Murphy as well. So, uh, yeah, heavy spin focus as it needs to be. India, their backyard, they turn sideways some of the pitches. So, yeah, they, they need to take those. And, uh, yeah, but Scotty Boland is there and uh, some options as well to partner Stark Cummins and uh, maybe Hazelwood uh, with Lance Morris in the squad as well. So very interesting squad just announced for the Tour of India. It's a big uh, big year for our men's national teams and women's national teams. So we've got those uh, those test tours as well for the men's team. The, the women are playing in uh, a series against Pakistan in the not-too-distant future as well. Uh, we've got the Matildas. We've got a World Cup later in the year with the football. And we've got a Rugby Union World Cup to look forward to for the Wallabies. And there's so much uh, interest when it comes to the Wallabies and in particular the coaching situation. Joining us now on Mornings to tell us more is Rugby Union reporter for the Raw Christy Doran. Uh, Christy, morning, mate. Happy New Year. How are things? Happy New Year, Adam. And as you go through that cricket squad, geez, it's a good time to be a spin bowler at the moment, isn't it? Yes. I'm sure there's plenty of people who um, uh, tried to perfect the art over the summer in the backyard, um, getting <laughs> uncles and uh, cousins and things like that, and aunties uh, out trying to turn it sideways on uh, the green tops around the, the country. But, mate, rugby union, um, I'm fascinated by this story. So let's get into a bit of depth about 
the coaching situation. So with the Wallabies, um, a bit of hope that maybe we can get on a, you know, at least a semi-final run at the World Cup later in the year. Dave Rennie, though, is under a bit of heat after the spring tour. Got to be honest. Eddie Jones is not under heat anymore because he got sacked by England. How does it all line up? What is the picture exactly right now in terms of Dave Rennie's job security with the Wallabies? Yeah, it's really interesting because uh, we'll, we'll scroll back almost a year and, and Rugby Australia wins the World Cup rights to 2027. And they've two years before that, they've got a British and Irish Lions series. And, and the two of those, those tournament, the tournament and the series against the Lions are, are really big money makers for the code down under. And we know that Rugby Australia has really struggled both on the field, but also financially too. So uh, who's the best person to lead them um, beyond 2023? And they had set their eyes on a person who not only has proven international success, but is a headliner's dream and someone that allowed the Rugby Football Union in England to have headlines and stories for years and years and years. And that's Eddie Jones. So Rugby Australia certainly set their eyes, their target fixated on Eddie Jones and they've had meetings with him for quite a while. Um, When he gets sacked following a a disappointing and underwhelming campaign in November, um, it it certainly set the cat amongst the pigeons and it goes, well, we don't want to miss out on Eddie Jones, who's an Australian. We've had three years of, of a New Zealander who's a, a really nice bloke, who's pretty well credentialed, hasn't won a tournament in quite a while, but is respected globally. Um, and, and, and they don't want to miss out on Eddie, who's got offers in Japan, uh, potentially in the United States, club offers in France. So uh, it, it was one of those ones where, well, what's what's the situation here with Eddie and, and how do we get it? How do we ensure we get him? And I think they'll still get him to 2024. But when you've got a, a Wallabies coach at the moment who's only got a winning percentage of 38% and you've England has just sacked a man over the last seven years who's got a winning percent of 73, the highest thing, winning percentage of any England coach ever, a guy that's been to three World Cups and won one of them as a consultant with South Africa, it's made them reassess whether or not Dave Rennie is, in fact, the right person to take them through. Now, he's, he's the short odds to continue to go through to the World Cup, but you never know because if the only chance was to get Eddie now to ensure that if you hand him either a three- or a five-year deal to mm. ensure that he's with the Lions or the World Cup, do you bring him in? And if he does come in, does Dave Rennie then go, well, hang on, I'm not comfortable working with this man. I've potentially got an offer in Japan. I might leave early. So there's a lot to consider over the next three weeks, which is when Eddie just told the Guardian the other day that he would uh, expect that his future will be sorted in the next two to three weeks. So it's a really fascinating period right at the moment, less than nine months out until the World Cup in in, uh, in France. Yeah, it's, it is odd because... and. Rugby Australia, in a way, are rocking a hard place. So they've got to make the call now based on what they know, what not what they predict will happen through the course of Super Rugby. Who's going to be available? I'm presuming, Christy, that the Wallabies are playing a couple of mid-year tests in a, as a warm-up to the World Cup. You don't want to get to those tests and then go, oh, you know what, this ain't working. Let's go get Eddie. Oh, wait a minute. Eddie's got a job already. Who are we going to get? This yep. isn't working with Dave Rennie. Do you, do you appreciate that kind of side of things for Rugby Australia's perspective? 
Well, there's five tests until the Rugby World Cup starts uh, in the middle of September and, and the Rugby Championships so a test against uh, South Africa over in South Africa, then Argentina and Sydney, a game against the All Blacks in Melbourne and then one more across the ditch in Dunedin. And, and by that point in time, they'll, make, uh, they'll name the World Cup squad, um, 33 players. And then they'll have a, a final warm-up match, which is still a test game against uh, France and Paris. Um, that would be, I think, August 22. So mm. um, five tests to get it right. You know, I, the, the big uncertainty about Dave Rennie at the moment is, yes, there's been a lot of injuries. And last year, the Wallabies used 51 players. But they've only once ever been able to string games together. They won five tests in 2021. Uh, and... That had Quade Cooper there at number 10, predominantly had Sandra Karevi outside him at inside centre. But since then, and either side, they haven't been able to win consecutive games, which is quite remarkable. And mm. even last year, it was a good performance against Argentina, followed by a record loss, a, a great win in Adelaide against the world champions, and then a, a really uh, humbling defeat a week later in Sydney against the Springboks. A, a good showing against New Zealand where they should have won in Melbourne and then they go get smashed in Auckland a week later. So um, they struggled up. Uh, you know, They only managed two two victories on the Northern Hemisphere tour, uh, narrow defeats a year earlier. But there's been a, a pattern of an inability to be able to get up and play consistently. And when you go to a World Cup, you've got to win at least three big games in a row in a quarter semi-final, but you've really got to win four or five straight matches because they'll be playing Fiji followed by Wales, which will decide whether or not they get into a, a top their pool. And, and they've got a dream run at this year's World Cup. They've, they'll either face an England or Argentina in a quarter final, whereas on the other side of the pool, other side of the draw rather, there's South Africa, Ireland, New Zealand, France, the four top-ranked nations in the world rugby rankings at the moment. So a semi-final is the bare minimum for the Wallabies this year. Uh, and Rugby Australia have got to determine whether or not they think that Dave Rennie can still get them to a semi-final because that is, that is to me, the pass mark. Can he? I mean, has he got the cattle? And this is the age-old problem with Australian rugby at the moment, given the the development pathways and a lot of consternation about that, that, mm. and I can relate to it with what's happened in, in the football world, as you know, Christy, with, with the Socceroos and, and the like, but Michael Checker, um, I felt was judged heavily on his performances solely and not looking in a wider sense at the cattle he had available. You, you look at the All Blacks and how many All Blacks would walk into a Wallaby side, <laughs> a few, uh, is Dave Rennie been hamstrung by that or in your opinion, that's not much of an excuse. Too bad. Work with what you got and you haven't been able to do it as well as perhaps you should have. Oh, I think if the World Cup was in 2020 and we were judging the talent on offer in Australian rugby at the time, you'd go, yeah, these guys are way too young. They're raw. They've got a handful of tests under their belt. It would be a legitimate excuse. But two, three years later, there was more than enough uh, talent on display that were fit and healthy in 2022 to, to have a better record than five from 14. Um, oh, there's certainly enough talent. I know Eddie Jones thinks there's enough talent. I think Eddie Jones, from my understanding, would have Tate McDermott start at nine. Um, he's not... Uh, Tate McDermott, the, the changing, the chopping and changing at nine, at half-back, as well as at fly half and full back, three really key pivotal positions 
um, uh, have been a bit of a merry-go-round. And we saw that even on the spring tour where you had three halfbacks who Dave Rennie says are all world-class, yet hasn't been able to determine who his preferred nine and starting nine and, and mm. reserve nine are. Uh, they, they haven't been injured. Um, so I think it's been an excuse. And those that, that continually refer to the injuries don't actually consider the, the fact that those in the key pivotal positions have been more than enough players that have been fit and healthy. So I think there is enough talent um, and and there should be. There's five super rugby franchises. They've been able to pick guys from overseas. They were able to pick guys from overseas last year, three of them. Um, it, it's nothing short of an excuse to continue to, to say there's not enough talent because there is. Uh, speaking of talent, um, so the 44-man camp uh, on the Gold Coast for the Wallabies, like, you know, a, a little sit around the campfire, kumbaya, let's all get on the same page and then go <laughs> off and play super rugby, come back and we'll all know what we want to do. Um, Vunivalu and O'Connor left out of that. Uh, reasons for that? And were you surprised yeah. if, if there were non-injury reasons? Well, this is another example that there is enough talent because Suli Bunavalu wasn't even brought on last year's spring tour. He was given two and a half minutes off the bench in one test match against England and Sydney. So when you when people say that there's not enough talent, well, there is. I've been extremely critical of how Dave Rennie has used um, and not used uh, Suli Bunavalu. The lack of player development is the thing that I'm concerned at and Bunavalu is a key person in that. Now, whether or not the States and the Queensland Reds have something to be blamed, share their blame there around him, that perhaps um, he's been hamstrung by a few hamstring injuries, but um, he's a he's a he's a, a weapon out wide. Um, Rennie said that he he needs to see Sully Bunavalu let loose. Uh, I don't think he thinks he's running hard enough, tra- particularly on the training field, which is. Um, been always a big kind of marker for Dave Rennie, his training form. For whatever reason, maybe there's not enough trust in his legs or his body, but he apparently hasn't let loose on the training field. Um, James O'Connor, I just don't think he can deliver the game plan that Dave Rennie wants, which is a really technical, detailed game plan, which is something that Quade Cooper can do. And that's why, in Dave Rennie's mind, Quade Cooper is the first choice number 10 when he's fit and it's daylight second because he's just got this detailed, deep understanding of playmaking uh, and what a a team needs to do to lead a side around the park. But the great conundrum and the great query at the moment is whether or not Quade Cooper is actually going to be fit for the World Cup because he's coming back from a ruptured Achilles. And we all know that when you're 35 going on 36, the body doesn't quite heal like it does, and this is a man who's had a checkered injury run for the last decade. So they're some of the great concerns, is whether or not a Quade Cooper is going to be fit. And if and if you've decided to... I, I caught it spear James O'Connor last year. He got injured in the end in club rugby, but he was fit when he was axed and brutally axed after a big defeat in Argentina, which was his first start in a long, long time. So... Uh, he's been told, and same with Budibalu, you've got to come back and impress me in, in Super Rugby and you've got to string games together. And the Queensland Reds have to look at themselves in the mirror and go, have what we done in the last two years good enough? Because they've only beaten one New Zealand side in, I think, about 10 attempts. So 
they're going to be measured on how they perform against the New Zealanders. So look at yourselves, Queensland. It's a big rugby nursery up there. There's a lot of people saying we need more players in the Wallabies. Um, we'll start beating New Zealand opposition. Well, good luck, Christy. When you get up to Queensland, you get some advice from uh, the, the, the crew up there who are listening right now. We're going to Queensland right now, but no, I get, I get your point. <laughs> I absolutely get your point. Hey, um, mate, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, the bygones be good bygones. You, you brushed us at Code Sports. You were doing some good stuff there, but now you're over at the Raw. And, um, mate, good luck there. And look forward to reading your stuff uh, in a huge year for Australian rugby. There'll be plenty going on, no doubt. Likewise, Adam. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers. Christy Doran joining us on uh, on mornings. And, um, yeah, get around, Christy, because uh, in, in this year with, with those storylines with Eddie Jones and also uh, Dave Rennie and, and the playing stocks as well, James O'Connor seems to not be able to avoid... Uh, Avoid a headline. Um, Christy will be all over it, and uh, you can read all about that on The Raw. We're off to a quick break. Um, We'll be back with plenty more on Mornings with Adam Peacock right after this.